I have to put you on to Armoire, the convenient solution to effortless, fresh, and stylish dressing. With an Armoire membership, you can curate the perfect wardrobe with high-quality, unique brands tailored specifically to your taste. Simply take a five-minute style quiz, select items from your personalized closet, then your chosen styles arrive at your doorstep in as little as two days. When it's time for a wardrobe refresh, just swap out your current pieces for new-to-you styles. I go from professional to the carpool pickup line, so I need a diverse wardrobe. With Armoire, I always have something fresh and on-trend for any occasion, without the clutter. I recently edited my wardrobe to staple pieces only because Armoire allows me to add new pieces monthly and return them just in time for me to do it all over again. And by renting, rather than constantly buying new clothes, I'm contributing to sustainability. Armoire is currently helping me through my chic era with all the high fashion and edgy options that I am loving. And the empowering aspect of supporting a women-founded and women-led business is so cool. With their personalized styling suggestions and diverse designer offerings, Armoire has helped me define and refine my personal style, even as trends evolve and my body changes. Whether it's a date night, a professional event, a formal affair, or just a trip to the grocery store, Armoire ensures that I am always dressed to impress effortlessly. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash murderish. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash murderish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. The opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the Murderish podcast. Sensitive topics are discussed. Listener discretion is advised. When someone gets involved in the drug trade, violence usually isn't far behind. It's a dangerous path to tread, where survival can hinge almost entirely upon alliances. If you piss off the wrong person you might pay with your life. In the late 1980s, Missouri native Darrell Meese encountered an opportunity he could not turn down. The 42-year-old carpenter was hired by Lloyd Lawrence, who happened to be a kingpin in a local methamphetamine ring. Instead of considering the danger he might face, Meese was blinded by dollar signs. This chance encounter set Meese's life on a deeply violent trajectory it would escalate into an extreme act of revenge outside a serene cabin in the Ozark Mountains. This is Jamie, and you're listening to Murderish. Join me as I walk you through the case of the Lawrence Family Massacre. This case takes us to Reed Spring, a rural town in southwest Missouri, located in a region known as the Ozarks. With a population of less than 1,200 people, Reed Spring is the kind of town where everyone is thoroughly acquainted. The closest city is Branson, which is considered a tourist destination for its casinos, museums, and a gold rush-themed amusement park called Silver Dollar City. Like much of the Midwest, the Ozarks played a significant role in the Prohibition era. This was the land of moonshine, speakeasies, vigilante justice, and crime boss turf wars. 
According to AP News, by the 1960s, when Darrell Meese came of age, Reed Spring had a collection of hard scrabble farms and ramshackle old homes mixed in with shiny new vacation cabins, horse stables, fancy restaurants, and antique shops for tourists visiting Branson. On one hand, the Ozarks were and still are considered a breeding ground for criminality. On the other hand, the region is considered part of the Bible Belt because most people living in rural Missouri are devoutly religious. Darrell Meese was introduced to the Pentecostal faith as a young boy by his mother. The ideology resonated with him so strongly that he aspired to become a preacher. At a certain point, though, he did a complete 180, resorting to a level of violence that contradicted his pious beginnings. He basically embodied both sides of an Ozark's upbringing. Darrell J. Meese was born in 1946 in Reed Spring, Missouri, to parents R.J. and Lexi. Darrell and his younger brother Larry descended from a long line of Meeses who'd resided in Reed Spring since the mid-1800s. The family name was so deeply ingrained in local history that a part of the town was called Meese's Hollow. Darrell's youth was steeped in traditional Midwest culture. His mother Lexi was the more religious parent, she started taking her boys to church when they were toddlers. By the time Darrell was 10, he committed to being born again. RJ was considered an expert hunter and trapper by locals. He introduced Darrell to hunting small prey with a BB gun at the age of six. By age 10, Darrell had saved enough money picking walnuts to buy his own single-shot 22 caliber. In the backwoods of his family home, Darrell hunted rabbits, a possum, raccoons, quail, and groundhogs, which Lexi would cook and serve for family dinners. That was RJ's way of bonding with his sons. He had a tough exterior and never displayed any sort of physical affection. Instead, he passed down his hunting skills as an act of love. Darrell's upbringing fostered a lifelong love for guns. Both of his parents' influences seemed to strike a happy balance within him, at least in his formative years. Darrell became fixated on hunting skills the older he got. Even though he was getting good grades in school, his attention often wandered. He couldn't wait for each school day to end so he could hunt around his parents' wooded property. In his senior year of high school, Darrell began dating sophomore Joyce Barnes. Their relationship progressed into marriage in August of 1965. A year and a half later, Darrell was drafted into the Marines and sent to Vietnam for a tour of duty. Darrell coped with the horrors of war like many of his peers. He numbed the trauma with booze and drugs. His preferred poison was marijuana laced with opium. A year into service, he was discharged and sent back to Reed Spring. Everyone, including Joyce, agreed that Darrell had become a completely different person. Darrell's relationship with Joyce quickly soured after he came home. They frequently engaged in drunken arguments, often in public places or in front of family. On more than one occasion, the couple pulled guns on each other. When Joyce learned she was pregnant with their daughter, Melissa, there was a temporary lull in the conflict. But when she gave birth to their son, Shane, two years later, tensions over money increased. The young family moved to Kansas City for a few years, where Joyce gave birth to a third child, 
but the marriage was destined to fail. In June of 1978, Joyce and Darrell finally threw in the towel. Once the divorce was finalized, Joyce relocated to Houston. Darrell fathered two additional children with a second wife, but after a few years together, the marriage was dissolved, leaving Darrell single as he entered his 40s. By then, he'd found moderate success, working as a carpenter and handyman in Reed Spring. It's unclear how Darrell crossed paths with Mary Ellen Epps, a 19-year-old girl more than half his age, who became his new girlfriend. What we know for sure is that it was through a carpentry gig that Darrell Neese entered Lloyd Lawrence's criminal enterprise. Experience the taste of summer with HelloFresh. From expertly crafted recipes using seasonal ingredients to their brand new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh delivers deliciousness straight to your doorstep. I know we're halfway through the year and many of us have fallen off our New Year's health goals, but it's never too late to pick back up. If you want to eat well this summer, HelloFresh has you covered. Their menu is packed with calorie smart and protein smart lunch and dinner options along with a selection of new vegan dinners. HelloFresh simplifies your food journey by handling meal planning and delivering all of the ingredients straight to your doorstep, leaving you with more free time to enjoy the summer and feel better doing it. Being busy with work, parenting, or life gets hectic, which leads us to the drive-through more often than we want, especially after a long day. But HelloFresh saves me so many fast food trips and I don't even have to stress myself out with meal planning. I just grab a HelloFresh meal and whip it up in about 30 minutes, all without compromising my health and dietary goals. It's a win-win. Even if I do want a fast food adjacent meal, HelloFresh has plenty of savory options to choose from, like their melty Monterey Jack burgers with red onion jam, garlic mayo, and crispy potato wedges. Who needs fast food when you have meals like that? If you're ready to try America's number one meal kit, Go to HelloFresh.com slash Murderish50 and use code Murderish50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Murderish50 and code Murderish50. Lloyd James Lawrence was born in Viola, Missouri in December of 1919. Like Darrell Meese, Lloyd was a war veteran who'd been drafted. He served in the army for the entirety of World War II. Darrell was familiar with Lloyd from the time he was a child. After two divorces by the late 1980s, Darrell was desperate to make some fast money, and he knew the Lawrence family had a lot of it. In early 1987, 69-year-old Lloyd Lawrence hired Darrell for a carpentry job and some farm work on a property in Taney County. The Lawrence family's permanent residence was in Reed Spring, but they also owned a small cabin in rural Shellknob, Missouri. The cabin sat alongside Table Rock Lake, a man-made body of water that remains a popular spot for outdoor and lakefront recreation. By working on the Lawrence property, Darrell was able to confirm a long-standing town rumor. Lloyd was manufacturing crystal meth, Darrell never sought out drugs, but when they were right in front of him, he couldn't resist temptation to try Lloyd's product. According to the Springfield News Leader, 
Darrell was flattered when Lloyd offered him the chance to work in one of his meth labs, and he happily accepted the position. This would mark the beginning of the end for both men. Lloyd and Darrell also arrived at a verbal agreement. If Lloyd could expand his manufacturing output by using Darrell's property to open another lab, he would teach Darrell how to make meth. It seemed like a mutually beneficial arrangement. However, according to court documents, as the end of 1987 loomed closer, Lloyd still had not shared his technique for cooking meth with Darrell. Their friendship grew increasingly strained. It hit a breaking point when Lloyd gave Darrell some strange-looking pink meth. After consuming the drug, Darrell became deeply ill and accused Lloyd of poisoning him. Darrell suspected he'd been bamboozled since Lloyd hadn't held up his end of the bargain. It angered him to realize Lloyd was only using him to get richer. Darrell decided to leave the area in late December. Before taking off with Mary Ellen, Darrell stole four pounds of meth and four bottles of a chemical used in the manufacturing process. He threw everything in a backpack and buried all of it near his hometown. Darrell wanted Lloyd to regret not delivering on his promises. According to the Kansas City Star, Darrell and Mary Ellen lived on the road for a while. They headed to Palmdale, California, pawning personal items along the way to pay for food and gas. The couple stayed with relatives for a few weeks, but they were running low on money. In February of 1988, Darrell mortgaged a house he'd purchased in Palmdale while he and Joyce were married. He received $12,000 in net proceeds, enough to live on for a while. A few weeks later, Darrell and Mary Ellen left for Arizona. Just outside Phoenix, Darrell asked Mary Ellen to buy a Benelli 12-gauge shotgun for him because he didn't have his ID. According to court documents, in March of 1988, Mary Ellen was contacted by police in Cottonwood, Arizona. In an age before cell phones, Mary Ellen's mother wanted to reach her, but she had no other way besides help from authorities. When Mary Ellen returned the phone call, her mother told her that Lloyd Lawrence had asked around town about Darrell's whereabouts. Rumor had it, he was furious about the theft and intended to kill Darrell. This information only fueled Darrell's revenge against Lloyd even further. From late March to early May of 1988, Darrell and Mary Ellen slowly traveled back to Missouri in a camper. Along the way, they stopped in Louisiana so Mary Ellen could purchase an H&K model 308 assault rifle for Darrell. As reported by the Springfield News Leader, Mary Ellen would later testify that Darrell told her he needed to settle things with Lloyd or we'd be running all our life. When the couple arrived back in Reed Spring, Darrell retrieved the stolen guns and chemicals he'd hidden for safekeeping. He buried everything at a campsite in Chadwick, Missouri, roughly 30 miles north of where they were first hidden. Darrell's violent threats toward Lloyd became more alarming. According to the Springfield News Leader, he told Mary Ellen that if Lloyd was staying at the cabin that weekend, he was going to have to kill him. On the evening of May 13, 1988, 
Darrell instructed Mary Ellen to drop him off at a county road some distance from Lloyd's cabin. He was dressed like a true hunter, covered head to toe in camouflage clothing and face paint. Darrell hauled a backpack with an arsenal of weaponry, several knives, a pistol, a rifle, a shotgun, and ammo for all three guns. He was equipped for a full-on war, and in his mind, there would only be one man left standing. Over the next two days, Darrell staked out in view of Lloyd's property. At one point, he saw a cream-colored pickup truck that he suspected was a lookout. After the driver exchanged words with Lloyd, he drove away. Darrell wanted to have the advantage of catching his nemesis off guard, so he retreated to an isolated barn and returned the next day. On May 15th, Darrell hid from view on Lloyd Lawrence's property for hours, waiting for the right moment to attack. At around noon, Darrell caught sight of Lloyd riding an ATV, but he wasn't alone. Lloyd and his wife, 56-year-old Frankie Lawrence, rode together on one ATV. It was a case of being in the wrong place at the absolute wrong time, but Darrell believed he had no choice. From his hiding spot in the woods, he aimed his gun and fired at Lloyd, and then Frankie. Darrell emerged to make sure they were dead. That's when he came face to face with Willie Lawrence, who he'd seen before while working on the property. Lloyd and Frankie's 19-year-old grandson was a paraplegic from a serious car accident in 1986, but Willie still managed to ride ATVs by tying his shoelaces to the handlebars. Without hesitation, Darrell shot at the boy. He then approached all three victims, and then he shot them again, this time at close range. It was cold, bitter revenge, enacted with the callousness of a professional hitman. Wouldn't it be nice to have someone remind you to cancel that free trial subscription you tried in order to watch just one show and then never used again? Enter Rocket Money, a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. While the majority of Americans believe their monthly subscription expenses are about 80 bucks, the reality is the actual total is more like $200. If you're not 100% sure how much you're spending each month, Rocket Money can help. No judgment here. I'm really good at signing up for free 30-day trials so I can binge the latest true crime documentary. What I'm not so good at is remembering to cancel those subscriptions. It wasn't until I downloaded Rocket Money that I saw just how much I was wasting. With Rocket Money, locating your subscriptions is a breeze. Simply let Rocket Money do the work for you and easily identify the subscriptions you no longer want. Just click cancel and Rocket Money will take care of the rest. Additionally, Rocket Money provides comprehensive financial management by consolidating all of your financial information in one convenient place. It automatically categorizes your expenses, allowing you to easily monitor your budget in real time. You'll also receive alerts if anything appears irregular, ensuring you stay on top of your finances. 
With how easy Rocket Money makes managing your finances, it's no wonder over 3 million people have used Rocket Money and saved on average $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com murderish. That's rocketmoney.com murderish. rocketmoney.com murderish. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's difficult to even consider the trauma of finding your loved ones massacred in the middle of the woods. Yet Frankie and Lloyd Lawrence's own daughter was the one who found them and Willie. Retha Lawrence had come to the family cabin for an extended visit. At 2 p.m., just hours after they were killed, she came across a horrific scene. Her mother, father, and nephew were slumped over on their ATVs, their bodies riddled with bullet holes. According to author Michael Corneo, who wrote a 2012 book about the case called Almost Midnight, the upper right portion of Willie's face was completely shot off above the eye. It was so graphic, it didn't feel real to Retha. A Stone County Sheriff's deputy received a 911 call from a man in Reed Spring Junction. He told the dispatcher a frantic woman was at his house, screaming about her family being killed. It was a chilling call revealing the unspeakable torment Darrell Meese had caused. There had been enough town gossip for investigators to suspect Darrell being involved in the triple murder. Several witnesses came forward to confirm rumors about Lloyd Lawrence offering $10,000 to anyone who had information on Darrell Meese's location. If that wasn't motive enough for Darrell to come after Lloyd, there were the stolen items. According to the Springfield News Leader, Missouri Highway Patrol estimated the value of the meth and chemicals that Darrell took to be around $96,000. Darrell had instigated a direct attack on Lloyd's livelihood. Highway Patrol Sergeant Jack Merritt and his partner Tom Martin led the investigation. Martin told Ozark first, the crime scene was something they would never forget, adding, it was as gruesome a crime scene as I had ever seen and have seen since. With Darrell and Mary Ellen on the run again, it was just a matter of tracking them down. Investigators hoped one of them would confess, so Darrell Meese would have his day of reckoning. During the search for Darrell Meese, Taney County detectives worked with law enforcement in California and Arizona. While it's still true that neither state requires gun registration, sales records in Arizona were linked to Mary Ellen Epps. In January of 1989, eight months after Darrell massacred the Lawrence family, law enforcement tracked the couple down in Phoenix. There were two outstanding warrants for Darrell Meese on felony non-support charges and unlawful use of a weapon that led to an arrest. He waived extradition and was transported back to Missouri. 
It was a long ride back from Phoenix to rural Greene County, Missouri, over 1,200 miles. Sometime during the journey, Taney County Police Sergeant Lee Stevens asked Durrell about the Lawrence killings. According to court documents, Sergeant Stevens casually said to Durrell, the only thing I hate about this is Willie. Why Willie? Durrell responded that Willie would have recognized me and I had to do him too. That's when the sergeant asked Durrell if he wanted to make a statement. Surprisingly, Durrell confessed to the murders. He knew either way he was serving time, and according to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, he was promised leniency for Mary Ellen. On March 16, 1989, Durrell Meese was charged on three counts of first-degree murder and three counts of armed criminal action. He was held at Greene County Jail while awaiting trial, after a change of venue request was honored. Several months later, Durrell told the Springfield News Leader that he'd been coerced into confessing, under false pretenses, to protect his girlfriend. Taney County law enforcement insisted he had been Mirandized and still chose to talk. A jury of Darrell Meese's peers would determine if the state presented enough evidence for a conviction. As an April 1990 trial began, Darrell found himself up against his own words and the testimony of the woman he'd dragged down with him. Although Darrell was charged with all three murders, he would only be tried for Willie Lawrence's murder. Just weeks before the case went to trial, Mary Ellen made a deal with Taney County prosecutors. She agreed to testify at Darrell's trial in exchange for immunity. It was a betrayal that Darrell was not expecting. Based on Missouri law in the 1980s, there were only two possible outcomes if Darrell Meese was found guilty, death by lethal injection or life in prison without the possibility of parole. Prosecutors pursued the death penalty with confidence, believing they had Darrell up against a wall, especially with testimony from Mary Ellen Epps. In opening statements on April 24th of 1990, prosecutor Jim Justice informed jurors this was an open-and-shut case. As quoted by Ozarks First, he said the defendant tracked this man and his family and ended up killing them. It was over money and drugs. Not only killed them, but after that, he blew their heads away with a shotgun. He wanted to make a statement. He wanted to get involved. He wanted to take over the meth. Defense attorney Bill Went countered by shifting the attention onto the main target of Mises' violence. According to Ozarks First, Went told the jury, the problems that gave rise to these deaths were created by Lloyd Lawrence because he was a drug pusher. Had it not been for his inducement into the drug business, these deaths would have never occurred. It was the kind of victim blaming that would not be acceptable in a 2023 courtroom but it was likely the only tactic for the defense to choose after Durrell's insanity plea was discredited. A few days into the trial, Mary Ellen Epps took the stand for nearly two hours. She detailed her relationship with Durrell and shed light on his mindset leading up to the crime. According to the Kansas City Star, she said the defendant told her 
The only way to stop Lloyd was if he was dead. He said he had to kill him. Who can relate to any of these scenarios? You recently followed that viral health expert on TikTok. You take multiple supplements daily. You're quick to try the latest diet trend your favorite influencer swears by. And or you religiously follow a 10-step morning and nighttime skincare routine. We follow so many health influencers on social media, but when's the last time you went to an actual doctor? Like using insurance, nurses walking around, and seeing doctors with stethoscopes. If you had to think about it, maybe it's time you download the ZocDoc app. ZocDoc is home to thousands of top-rated doctors, each with verified patient reviews. You can find and schedule an appointment with a healthcare professional who has extensive experience, a legitimate medical degree, and most importantly, a deep understanding of your needs. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. When you book a doctor through ZocDoc, the average wait time is only 24 to 48 hours. No long delays when you need a professional opinion. In fact, you can even secure same-day appointments if you're in a pinch. Once you've found your preferred doctor, booking them is a breeze with just a few taps in the app. Say goodbye to waiting on hold and the overall inconvenience of traditional medical appointments. I love the convenience of ZocDoc and I know you will too. Go to ZocDoc.com murderish and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash murderish. ZocDoc dot com slash murderish. Darrell took the stand to plead the fifth, but his taped confession spoke for him. As reported by the Kansas City Star, Darrell had told detectives after his arrest, I was determined that nothing was going to stop me. Once I started... It was all the way or nothing. I thought if I didn't get Lloyd, he'd get Mary and do something bad to her. In fact, I'm sure of it. Darrell's statements hardly seemed to justify taking three lives. He hadn't just murdered them. He had completely disfigured them with gunfire after they died. To expose the savage way the victims had been killed, prosecutor Jim Justice played a graphic post-mortem video for the courtroom. Defense attorney Bill Went had objected to the video being admissible. As quoted by the Springfield News leader, Went said in a pretrial hearing, the video is the most horrible thing I've ever seen. That was saying a lot, coming from a 30-year legal veteran who'd worked nearly 100 murder defenses. The judge decided to allow the video. According to the Springfield News leader, Justice explained, the video shows better than anything else this wanton disregard for human life. Testimony given by Dr. James Spindler, the pathologist who performed all three autopsies, only reinforced the brutality of Mises' actions. The first shot fired at the victim's chest had been fatal, and yet he had shot them all in the head with a 12-gauge shotgun. 
Photographs of the Lawrence's massive head wounds were shown to the appalled members of the jury. Defense attorney Wendt called a total of 31 character witnesses. Durrell's friends, relatives, and his own children testified that Durrell was a law-abiding citizen, but they all admitted they had no knowledge of his meth use. The prosecution rested its case by focusing on the hypocrisy of Durrell asking for mercy when he showed his victims none. According to court documents cited by the Kansas City Star, Jim Justice said, the entire thrust of the defendant's case has been a ploy for mercy, for sympathy, but you swore to try the case on justice. A jury of nine women and three men took just 45 minutes to deliberate. They returned with a guilty verdict on April 26th. Eight weeks later, a trial judge sentenced Darrell Meese to death by lethal injection. An execution date was set for January 27th of 1999. While on death row at Missouri's South Central Correctional Center, Darrell's new legal team filed several appeals. In court documents, they cited ineffective counsel, a coerced confession, and a conviction based on circumstantial evidence. All appeals and motions for a new trial were denied. But that was far from the end of Darrell Meese's story. Over the next decade behind bars, he told the media he'd been reconnected with his religious roots. But his faith was not what saved him from execution. It was sheer luck. Against all odds, the day Darrell Meese was supposed to die by lethal injection, was the same day that Pope John Paul II made a rare visit to Missouri. Tens of thousands of devout Catholics lined the streets of St. Louis to attend Mass. During his visit, the Pope learned of Durrell's punishment and voiced his opposition to then-Governor Mel Carnahan. As a rule, the Roman Catholic Church is adamantly against capital punishment. In 1999, Carnahan was in his sixth year in office. He'd allowed 26 executions to go forward, according to the Springfield News Leader. Carnahan had only commuted one death sentence during his term, and it was for reasons of mental impairment. Carnahan was pro-death penalty, but he was also aware of the political repercussions that could follow if he denied a request for clemency straight from the Pope. Days later, Governor Carnahan commuted Darrell Meese's sentence to life in prison without parole. He was transferred to Potosi Correctional Center, a supermax penitentiary about 65 miles south of St. Louis. Darrell believed his prayers had been answered, that God had rewarded his renewed devotion. Having his life spared made Darrell feel invincible, and he was convinced that freedom was on the horizon. Darrell said to Ozarks first, There is not enough power in the world to kill me or hold me here. I was bulletproof on the streets through mom's prayers, and I am needleproof here. Watch me walk out of here. Darrell's commuted sentence understandably enraged Retha Lawrence. She reacted to Darrell's smug remarks to the Kansas City Star by saying, It was like he was laughing in the face of the law. That doesn't say too much of our justice system. 
Aren't we entitled to some relief? This man brutally killed three of our family members, and our hope is the justice system will never allow this murderer to walk out of prison. It seems that Retha Lawrence got her wish. According to the St. Louis Dispatch, as of December of 2022, Darrell Meese remains behind bars. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Murderish. I'm going to be on Podcast Row at CrimeCon again this year. CrimeCon is happening in Orlando, Florida from September 22nd to September 24th of 2023. And I'll be there all weekend on Podcast Row, meeting with fans and enjoying the company of so many other true crime podcasters and high-profile individuals who work in the true crime space. If you're planning to attend CrimeCon, and I hope you are, Use my promo code MURDERISH for 10% off a standard badge. Just go to CrimeCon.com and use code MURDERISH for 10% off. I really hope to see you guys there. Make sure you're following me on Instagram and TikTok at Jamie on Air. That's J-A-M-I on Air on Instagram and TikTok. Especially because I recently started a true crime TV club called Serial Streamers. Serial Streamers is just like a book club. Only, it's a club for people who binge true crime TV series and documentaries. If you want to join the Serial Streamers Club, just follow me on Instagram at jamieonair and watch for videos about the latest TV series we're watching, so you can join us in the comments and share your thoughts on each series. If you'd rather listen to the podcast with zero interruptions, you can do so by signing up for Murderish Behind the Mic on Patreon. To sign up for Murderish Behind the Mic, visit Murderish.com or just go to patreon.com and search for Murderish there, and then start enjoying ad-free episodes. Thank you so much to Carol L. and Maria B. for becoming the latest Murderish Behind the Mic patrons. If you need more podcasts to listen to, I've got you covered. I host another true crime podcast called Dirty Money Moves, Women in White Collar Crime. The podcast follows my investigation of a woman I met a few years ago, a woman who turned out to be a prolific scam artist. Dirty Money Moves is available in all podcast apps. If you enjoy listening to Murderish, please consider leaving a positive rating and review in any podcast app. This episode was researched and written by Allison Schwartz. Visit Murderish.com for a list of sources used for this episode. And remember, listening to this podcast does not make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish. Before we go, listeners, I need your attention on a missing persons case. Mark Twain Celestine has been missing from Los Angeles, California since January 3rd of 2003. He's described as a black male, five foot seven, weighing around 140 pounds. Celestine, who'd be around 61 years old today, was last seen wearing a white t-shirt, beige slacks, black tennis shoes, and a blue watch. Celestine is known to walk with a limp, and he has a paralyzed right arm after suffering a stroke. If you have any information about Mark Twain Celestine's whereabouts, please contact the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department at 323-567-8121. That's 323-567-8121.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.